Thanks for checking out the Impact Community Church podcasts. At Impact, we want to see our community change with the transforming message of Jesus Christ. We love you, and wherever you're from, we hope this message encourages you. Amen. Wow, I love watching that Uganda video. I can't wait to get back to Uganda. Love it. Fantastic. I didn't break the stage, by the way. Just, just saying. Great to have uh, Dave and Jess with us. Uh, they're on sabbatical from their church. They're Anglican ministers locally. Let's, call, let's give them an impact welcome. And, uh, great to have them with us this morning. Ross who, Ross, who will be with us next week, he used to be part of the church. He's moved to Bradford, working with Kat, but it's uh, uh, a sister and uh, brother-in-law. And they're on sabbatical, so they're going to be with us. Uh, I know they're away next week, but they're going to try and just come and, and share with us uh, over the next uh, few Sundays. So it's great to have you with us. Bless you. Hope you're blessed. Amen. God is good, eh? Um, I might need a, a, a drink or something. I've drunk, drunk my water already. So, uh, thanks, man. Fine. So, um, just, um, I want to look at uh, this. Next week, by the way, we have Emma Stark with us. If you don't know Emma, she's amazing. Lady of God, woman of God. She's a, prof- a prophet. And we went down to Glasgow. Um, to where she where she she runs a few of us went down to her training sessions uh, in the prophetic um, just a, a while ago. I want to tell you it was an incredible incredible experience. Uh, great woman of God and been trying to get her in. Went last year. Been trying to get her in for a whole year. She's so busy. She's, she's preaching at Prayer Storm in Manchester um, at the weekend, doing a course there with the Prayer Storm guys. It's a massive movement. Some of you may know. And she's preaching there on Saturday. So I managed to get her for a Sunday morning. So I'm so happy that we've been able to get her for a Sunday morning. She's, she's very difficult to get all the preachers all over the world, all over the place. But a great woman of God, you know. And uh, I want you to come next. It's going to be amazing next Sunday morning. Now we've got Emma Stark with us. You will love her, you know, in a ministry. So I want to encourage you to, to come next Sunday morning. It's going to be fantastic. Bring people. It's going to be awesome. Amen. So I want to talk this. this we've got a slide, I believe, uh, um, for, for this month's teaching, which is Team Church. Okay. I want to look. I met with the core team this week, a group of us, and we went through some things on, on team. And uh, who, who knows that church is not just about one person not even about two people, it's about a team of people working together for the kingdom of God, amen? It's about people being on team, and uh, if you're not on team and they've been in church, we want you to be on team, we want you to be part of the church here, be part of the culture of what we're doing, if it's just um, welcome people at the door or whatever it is, it's so important that when we serve, we get so blessed, amen? That when you're in church, when you serve, in the church, you get so bad. So we're talking about team church and how that works uh, this month, and uh, in some of our teaching with core team and that, and uh, how we how we how we work as a team as church and um, team's so important. And last week, um, Andy brought a great word um, on the rise under our rise monthly heading theme uh, on on um, David Mighty Man. And uh, it kind of like inspired me because I've spoken to David's Mighty Men before, um, but it inspired me. I thought, I want to just look at one of David's Mighty Men. And one of his Mighty Men in the Old Testament who I love is a man by the name of Benaiah. Everyone say Benaiah. 
Benaiah is a, a great guy, he's a great man. And we'll see what he did in the funeral. did some strange things. I mean, they did some strange acts of courageousness. David's mighty men of God did incredible things, but they did them for this one purpose. Let me read you the purpose. In 1 Chronicles 11 verse 10, it says this, These were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. In other words, God had spoken, amen, that David was going to be king. And so what happens is David goes on the journey, and some of you know the story in the Old Testament when Saul is after David, when David takes the kingship uh, uh, and from Saul as God's chosen. And David finds himself in a cave. Have you ever found yourself in a cave? Come on, men, we go there regular. (laughs) Us men love our caves. And so women, we kind of saw in a cave, and it was a cave called Adullam's Cave. And it was amazing that David was distraught. I mean, he'd been through some horrific things. Uh, Saul, who he served, was trying to kill him, and he was running for his life. I mean, he was scared. He came to this cave with an adullam, and he's in a cave. I want to tell you, God can even visit us in a cave. God can even visit us when we're in distress. And what happened was, David's there in the cave. And in this cave of adullam, God begins to work. And God begins to bring men to David. What for the purpose that David might be king? Now, there is a greater than David. David is a type of Jesus in the Old Testament. And he's a type of Christ. And there is a greater than David. There is, the, there is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ the Messiah. Jesus Christ who is Lord that we are to make king. Now, thank God he is king. He's king of the universe. But I want to tell you, a lot of people don't know about his kingship, his rulership. So that's what the church is here for. It is to declare the rulership of who Jesus really is. To make him king. Now he's king, but we declare in his kingship this morning. And so they come to David and they're all beating up these guys. They're all in debt, distressed. And discouraged. Ever been in debt? Ever been distressed? Ever felt discouraged? I, I, I want to tell you, sure, all of us have. I, I, and David, David raises an army out of men who were de- in debt, distressed, and discouraged. And God raises them up to be mighty men of God. I want to tell you, God wants to raise the church up here at Impact to be mighty men and women of God. To make him king, to to share and to declare his kingship. Amen. And it's a great story about team that David couldn't do on his own, but he brought team around and gathered around him in order to make, make, make the kingdom come to Israel. It's funny, you know, there's some of the stories, if you read read Chronicles and Samuel about the stories about these mighty men, they did some incredible things, amazing things. We heard about them, some of them, last last Sunday morning, but there was a, a, 
they did incredible things. Have you ever read the Guinness Book of Records? People do incredible, stupid things, Chris, to get in a book. One man, he sat in a, in a bathtub of beans. True. He, he sat in a bathtub of beans in order to get in the Guinness Book of Rec- uh, World Records. And he was the longest person. I bet he was the longest person. No one else would be that stupid. But he sat in a bath of beans in order to get in the book. These guys, they did incredible things, exploits, things for God. And God used them. And I want to talk about one of them people this morning called Benaiah. First thing we need to know about Benaiah is that, and what the scripture teaches us about Benaiah was this, that Benaiah was a warrior. He was one of David's mighty men who had set his heart to serve David. And he came to David, came to David to help him. Benaiah had three things he had to overcome. I want you to know something. In your training in being a mighty woman of God, there will be obstacles that you have to overcome to be who God has called you to be. In order to be a mighty man of God, there will be obstacles that you have to overcome. In order to be a mighty woman of God, there will be obstacles that you will have to overcome to become all that God has called you and wants you to be. Amen? You may say, well, pastor, you know, I I still feel like I'm in the cave. I feel like I'm in debt. I'm discouraged. I want to tell you, God wants to raise you up to be a mighty woman, a mighty man of God. Amen? I've got issues, Pastor, you don't know. I'm struggling with these things. No, 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 I'm telling you, God wants to raise you up to be a mighty woman or man of God for his kingdom purposes. Amen? And so there's obstacles we have to overcome, and I want to look at some of the obstacles that Benaiah had to overcome. The scripture teaches us about about Benaiah that he had to overcome some obstacles. He had to overcome the two Moabites. He had to overcome a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Wow, isn't that incredible? A lion in a pit on a snowy day. He had to overcome uh, uh, the, the obstacle of a tall Egyptian, the Bible says. All these things Benaiah had to overcome. But he overcome them and became a mighty man or man of God. Amen? And there's things that you may pinpoint right now in your life that you have to overcome. But I'm here to tell you if you're a believer, if Jesus is Lord of your life, you are an overcomer. When he speaks to you, when he sees you, he does not see you as the person you are or who you have been. He sees you with double vision. He sees you as the person that he can create, the person that he can work in, the person that he can change and mold to be a man or woman of God. Amen. He sees you with double vision. The way you see yourself is not the way that God sees you. Totally different. 
Because he sees you from a heavenly perspective. He sees your potential. He sees the things that he's planned for your life. And he sees you as someone who can overcome obstacles and be a mighty man or woman of God. So we got these things that, 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 that Benaiah had to deal with, three distinct enemies. Number one, he had to deal with two Moabites. Now what is a Moabite? Well, a Moabite is very interesting. We can look into, into the history of the Moabites and look at what they did, but Moabites were very significant in the Scripture. They were the people of Moab who tried to stop the children of Israel reaching their promised land. They were the people that tried to stop them entering into their future and the possibilities that God had for them. How many of us know that there are obstacles to your future? The Moabites speak to us this morning about your future. Amen? Don't live from your past, but live from your future. Don't live from where you've been, but live to where you're going. Don't live to where you are right now, but live to a greater place of where he can take you. Because so many lovers live from our past. But I need to tell you this morning that God has a great future for you. He knows the plans that he has got for you, plans to bless you, to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future. I want to tell you, when God thinks of you, he's thinking future forward. He's not looking at your struggles. He's not looking at the things that you're struggling with right now. He's saying, no, you can overcome them in Christ. You can be an overcomer. I've got a great future for you. I've got some stuff I want you to do. I've got some possibilities in your life. If only you will rise up and understand that I'm here to make you a mighty woman, a man of God. And so these Moabites... They were there to restrict your future. Benaiah had some Moabites in his life that he had to overcome that were restricting his future. Moabites were, they were obstacles. They were, they were limiting who he was and in order to be a mighty man of God he had to overcome the obstacle of the two Moabites here's what we've got to do Benaiah had to detach from his past attach hear me let me tell you something right now if you're going to enter into the things God has got for you, and my goodness, he's pushing you. He's, he's spurring you on to grasp hold of who God is and what he wants for your life. You're going to have to detach. Well, let me say detach. Detach from your past. And you've got to attach yourself to your future. You've got to detach from your past. You've got to cut off the 
the old life. You've got to come out of the grave. We just sang it. You've got to come out from where you were and attach yourself to the plans and the purposes of God for your life. And the enemy, the Moabites, will come to you and me and he will come to limit you, to keep you down, to stop you from going to where you need to be. And the Moabites will try and limit us, try and crush us, try and bring us down. I want you to know Benaiah had to overcome. He had to overcome the obstacles that were ahead of him. He had to go on the offensive instead of always being on the defensive. I want you to know something about God. Your attack to be on the offensive so much better than being on the defensive. Who knows when you're on the back foot? Who knows the best football teams at the moment? I won't name them. The ones that are on the, on the, atta- on the offense, because attack is your best form of defense. Amen? To attack, you must learn to overcome everything that seeks to, to, to push you down and to put you on the back foot. Because God wants you to come from the back foot to move forward. God wants you to grow. God wants you to, to, to understand the possibilities that there are in him this morning. He wants you to overcome everything that seeks to, to, to limit your future. You know, anyone that God came to, anyone that God came to, in the scriptures, they had to overcome some stuff. Isn't that true? Amen? Two of us preaching this morning. Come on, Deborah. Everyone had to overcome something. There'll be stuff in your lives right now that you can pick up that you need to overcome. Amen? How about this that limits our future? Inferiority. Anyone ever felt inferior? Inferiority will limit your future. Ever felt this? I'm not good enough. Other people are so much better, so much gifted, so much more talented than me. Ever felt those thoughts? And we make comparisons because we look at other people and we look at what they're doing instead of being concentrating on what God is wanting us to do. We look at the obstacles they're overcoming. We say, God, they're overcoming this, they're overcoming, or they're struggling this, they're struggling that. And we, have our eye, we take our eyes off God and we make comparisons about other people. I'm here to tell you, God's got to work he wants you to do. God's got stuff, gifts he's put within you that he wants to bring out. And that's why he brings us into a church and as part of a team that we can help each other move forward in our overcoming our obstacles. Jeremiah, when God called Jeremiah, he said, you've got the wrong person. I'm too, I, I'm too young. 
God, you can't use me. There's so many, there's so many things in my life that, that I'm struggling with that, that you can't surely want to use me. But I'm here to tell you, God wanted to use Jeremiah. Even before he was born, God had a plan for his life. Even before you were born, God had a plan for your life. God wanted to use him to do incredible things for God. But so often, the enemy uses those things to limit us that we're no good. We're just not good enough. Listen, church. Do not allow, do not allow, do not allow the Moabites to rob you of your inheritance. Do not allow the Moab. Well, what does a Moabite look like? It can look like many things. It can look like your peers. It can look like your friends. It can look like those guys that you go to work with that uh, constantly bring you down and constantly cause you to, 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 to be to, to live like them. It can be any or the girls that you're around that constantly pull you in the wrong direction. I don't know what your Moabite looks like, but I know there's a Moabite in your life that's trying to restrict your future. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I do know it will be there. It could be drink, it could be alcohol, it could be, it could be anything, it could be drugs, it could be anything that, that tries to keep you from where you want to be. It can be infer inferiority, it can be a low self-image, it can be anything, your Moabite, but I'm here to tell you, you can overcome your Moabite. You can overcome the Moabites. And you can enter the land that God is destined for your life. And as a church, impact church, we can enter the land that God has got for us. As we, as we defeat the obstacles, the Moabites that restrict us, that restrict you. Don't allow the Moabites to restrict your future. Don't let them rob you what God has planned and destined for your life. Don't live a low life. Don't allow the Moabites to keep you down here when God has called you to live up here. Don't live the low life. Live the high life. Live a different life and say, God, help me to overcome my Moabites. Two Moabites tried to restrict his future. Second thing about Benaiah, we find not only did he have to deal with two Moabites, the second thing he had to deal with was a lion. Well, how about this one? A lion, not just any lion, but a lion in a pit on a snowy day. That's a great one, isn't it? A lion in a pit on a snowy day. The first thing I want you to notice about lions, that when you're in a pit with a lion, this means this, it's either him or it's you. Amen? I mean, if you're in a pit with a lion, there's a good chance... Something's going to happen at some time. 
Now here's the deal. If you do, if we do not rise up and kill our spiritual enemies, they will kill you and they will cause you to retreat and cause you to limit yourself. But you've got to rise up, man and women of God. And you've got to say, listen, I may be in a pit. It may feel like the devil is in the pit with me, but I'm going to rise up and I'm going to defeat my lions in the name of Jesus. I mean, I mean, Daniel. Do you remember Daniel in the Old Testament? Daniel's there. He finds himself in a pit with a lion. And you can imagine the lions... uh, rubbing their hands together and thinking, McDaniel Burgers. <laughs> My favourite food, that food, McDaniel Burgers. But I want to tell you, if you're in the pit with God, God can shut the mouth of the lion. God can silence the lion. And listen, the Bible says that your adversary... 1 Peter 5 verse 7, you're ad- I want to tell you, hear me church, you have an adversary. You have someone trying to limit you. You have someone who wants to bring you down. But your adversary, your adversary, Peter says, is like a roaring lion. He goes around making a big noise like a roaring lion. He wants to keep you down. He he wants to keep you where you are. He wants to put fear in your life. And cause fear to cause you to, to, to not move. But the devil who goes around like a roaring lion is not a roaring lion. There is one lion. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. He reigns. This lion has had his teeth pulled out. He has no power over you. It is a lie. The enemy is a liar. And we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. What is Judah? The lion of the tribe of praise. Oh my goodness. You see, when you're in a pit on with a lion, I want to tell you, the thing you don't want to do is start praising. I mean, the last thing on your mind is that you want to praise. Come on, let's praise God. But I want to tell you, when you are in a pit on a snowy day with a lion, here's what you must do. Say, Jesus, thank you. You can stop the mouth of lions. I'm going to praise my way out of my pit. I'm going to worship my way out of my obstacle. I'm going to worship my way out of my circumstance. I'm going to praise my way out of this situation. Come on. I'm going to defeat my lions. You see, you see, even our lions... God can use to raise you up to be a man and woman of God. Even our adversary, even adversity, God can use to be a blessing in your life. I've realized in my life that when I'm at my lowest, 
somehow his strength, I somehow began to, God, I need you. God, I need you more in this day. God, I'm low. I'm struggling. God, I feel like I'm in a pit. God, I need you. See, even our adversities can be a lever to push us towards God. And the, it's amazing, the things that the enemy, remember, remember uh, Joseph, the things that they thought were to harm you, God turned. God turned them to be your greatest blessing. I want to tell you, he, he can turn your pit into a place of victory, a place of praise. It can be a time of desperation if you're in a pit. Pit, pit P-I-T, stands for people of God in training or prophets in training. And when you're in your pit, do you remember there are lessons that we learn to deal with the enemy only when we're in it. There are lessons we can't learn anywhere else sometimes but being in the pit. So God uses the pit to cause you to be an overcomer. God uses the obstacle in your life to cause you to rise up and say, God, I need you to overcome. Remember, in the Old Testament, Joseph had a pit. His pit was meant for his harm, but God turned it for his good. The Bible actually says in the Psalms that the word of the Lord came to Joseph and tested him. My, isn't that incredible that even the word of God came and it came to bring a testing in his life. Why? So that he could overcome, so he could pass the test. And so in Joseph's pit, God blessed him in the pit. You know, he's in prison. He goes from, he goes from pit to prison to the palace. And what he does, even, listen, even in the pit, God rescues him. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm even thinking now of some pits I've been in. Thank God you rescued me out of the pit. I don't know what your pit's got, not names on your pit, but I've got some names on my pit. But I thank God whatever pit it is, he rescues me from the pit. He puts my feet upon a rock. I don't know what name is on your pit, but I want to say he can rescue you from your pit. And as he's in the pit, he goes from one pit, he goes, he gets rescued from the pit. He thinks, thank you, God, I'm rescued. He ends up in prison for something he didn't do. And he meets some guys in prison. He meets, he meets. What's your bacon candlestick maker? I'm just jesting, by the way. But he just meets some guys in prison, and, uh, and one guy, hey, one guy has a dream. 
And it's this dream's driving him mad because he knows something special about this dream. He doesn't know anything about this dream. But I want you to know something about Joseph. Joseph, even in the prison, God blesses him. And God prospers him. And God gives him success even while he's in the prison. Listen, I don't know what prison you might be in this morning, but I'm here to tell you, God can give you success. God can bless you. You can know the presence of Almighty God, even in your prison. And he blesses him. He gives him success. He prospers him in a place where you think there cannot be any prosperity there. But he blesses him. Even in his prison. See, a pit is a place where you are tested. I thank God for the tests. Because the tests are there to help you to grow and help you to mature and to help you to overcome, to bring you to a higher level. So, God, that's why James says, thank God, bless God bless you for the test. Whenever you find yourself in a testing time, whenever you find yourself in a pit or in a prison, give God thanks. James says this, count it all joy. I feel like shorting my Bible sometime. James, let me read something else. Count it all joy when you go into any trial or tribulation. Because God can help you. God can deliver you. God can release you. God can do a mighty work inside you. Sometimes he doesn't deliver us out of that. He delivers us through. Amen. He delivers us through the trial sometimes. It's where we grow. It's where we mature. It's where we overcome the obstacle. Third point about this is this, is that a pit that Benaiah finds himself in it's on a cold, hard, snowy day. I have a bit of snow, I mean it was beautiful weather at the moment, but I want to tell you, sometimes the the, the problems of life come when you least expect it. Test comes when you least expect it. The storm just comes when you least realize it's coming. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could get a text? Don't worry, Pastor, on 2 o'clock Monday afternoon, you're going to go through a test. A storm's coming. Well, you, Jesus, can't you pre-warn us? But who knows, storms come from out of the blue when you don't know when they're going to come when you don't think they're going to happen. And Benaiah is in a pit with a lion on a hard, snowy day. I mean, it's a hard day. It's a day you don't feel like getting up. It's a day you feel like putting the covers back over your head and say, I just need 10 more minutes. Anyone else do that? God help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. God, or how about this one? You're pulling the covers over your head because you cannot face 
what you've got to face in that moment, in that day. God, help me. I don't want to face this situation. Fear comes within you. It's on a snowy day. It's on a day when you don't want to tackle a lion. But sometimes God can use adverse circumstances that when you're at your worst, he's still at his best. When you're at your weakest, he is at his strongest. Even in my weakness, my strength is made perfect. When you come to your end of yourself, you're at the beginning of who he is. And sometimes he uses those days when we, we, we think we can't handle in order to cause them as levers to bring us into our destiny. He's in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. It don't come when you're at Cherish. Usually it may do. For some people it may have done. It don't come when you're in the heavenly moments. It comes in the where the rubber hits the road in real life, real trials, real circumstances when the kids are driving you mad. You know what I learned about Travis was on? I need more grace. That's the lesson I learned while Travis was on. I had all the kids and looking after the kids. Help me, Jesus. Uh, you know what it's like, son? And, uh, and they argue about the most stupid things. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 we use it, you're at the end of your tether. Come on. Jesus, I need, I don't know about you, but I need more grace. Fruits of the Spirit, my goodness. I need more fruits of the Spirit, guys, I don't know about you. But here they come on days when you're struggling, on days that you don't feel like coming to the Father, entering into that situation. But I want to tell you what Benaiah did. Here's what Benaiah did. He eyeballed his giant. He eyeballed his lion. He said, no, lion. Lion, you don't know who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the king. I've got an inheritance. I've got a future. And so he comes in the present, this talks about the future as the first one. This lion talks about the present situations, the, ta- the things we have to tackle right now. And there'll be stuff that I'm tackling which is different than the stuff you're tackling or you're coming to grips with. But I'm here to say, you've got to eyeball your lion. You've got to say, no, you don't know who I am. I'm a child of the king. You don't know who you're messing with, lion. I'm a child of Jesus. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. You've got to rise up. 
Come on, church. You've got to rise up. Come on, men and women of God. You've got to rise up in strength, not in your strength, in his strength. You can overcome. You can overcome. We can defeat our giants. We can defeat our lions because of Jesus. Listen, there's no other way. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only because he has overcome. You can overcome. Come on, someone say amen. I'm preaching myself happy this morning. Come on, number three. Close. What time are we? Right, I need to close. Sorry, guys. Come on, I'm going to close. Now, it comes across an enemy that limits his future, an enemy that tries to, to bring fear into his present. But now, Benaiah has to deal with the enemy that speaks of his past. He comes across a tall Egyptian. Got a picture of a tall Egyptian there? Not a great picture, but there you go. Waving. Tall Egyptian. Couldn't find anything else, but it's all right. It's waving at us. A tall Egyptian person. Now, you need to understand something that tall Egyptian speaks about the enemy that reminds us our past. Sometimes our enemies seem too big to conquer. Sometimes our circumstances seem so big that they blot out the greatness of who our God is. Sometimes our situations uh, are clouded. Sometimes it's like a cloud is over our lives and we can't see through the cloud. But beyond the cloud, is the sun. But sometimes our, prayer, our, our situation from the past come and they cloud our perspective. They cloud how we see things. They cloud how we see our present. They cloud how we see our future. They cloud out who God is in our lives. And a tall Egyptian speaks to us about our past. You see, we can't allow our circumstances to become greater than our God. We can't afford to let our past dictate our present or our future. We've got to detach from our past. We've got to lay hold of our future. Detach yourself. To our future. You see, the Bible says this that 1 John 4, verse 4 says that greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. But he that clouds your perspective, that clouds your thinking, greater is the one that's living within you. Greater is Jesus in you. Greater is the power of the resurrected Christ in you than he that is in the world. I want to remind you, church, that Jesus is living in you. 
Paul says if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will, he will quicken your mortal bodies. In other words, there is the spirit of Christ living in you. Greater is he that is in you. Greater one lives in you and in me. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Don't allow the enemy to dictate to you. But no greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, the Egyptian, the Bible portrays Egypt as a place of our past slavery. Come on, church. Egypt was a place of our past slavery. Do you remember the children of Israel that kept saying, God, we want to go back to Egypt, onions and garlic, or milk and honey? Not the church, but milk and honey. So go, 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 go Why do you want to go back? Church, come on. There's nothing to go back to. Why would on earth would you want to go back to what you had when you've got something so greater, so more powerful, so liberating, so freeing? Why on earth would you want to go back to Egypt when you've got the promised land? Church, don't even entertain the thoughts. Don't even let it entertain your thinking. Why on earth do we want to go back when God has a great inheritance? God has a great future. God has, has a great future for our lives. Don't go back to Egypt. Egypt was a place of limitation and bondage. Some more to say, I'm going to close. Here's the deal as I close this morning. No Moabite, I'm going to allow to restrict my future. Come on, church. Come on, I want you to get, I want to get up, 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 up close and personal, okay? Come on, no Moabite. Come on, say it, say it in your heart right now. Come on, no Moabite. I'm not going to allow any Moabites to restrict my I'm not going to allow her to bring limitation over my life. I'm more than the conqueror. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of God. No Moabite can restrict my future. No lion can rob me of my present. Come on, no lion. No lion is going to rob me of the presence of God in my life. No right is going to rob me of what God has got for me, what God has done in me. I'm not going to allow the lions to dictate who I am. I will let Jesus dictate who I am. No Moabite can restrict my future. No lion can rob me of my present. And hear me, lastly, no Egyptian. Come on. No Egyptian. I'm going to allow to remind me of my past. My past, I'm coming out of the grave. Oh, come on, I'm coming out of the grave. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, band, let's go. Let's stand in the presence of the Lord. We've gone over time, do apologize. 
Thank you for listening today. If you want to connect with us more, you can find us at impactchurch.co or on social media. Just search Impact Church Oldham. Thank you.